Hi, this is Alex from Who Shot First, the Star Wars Controversy Podcast. Thanks for listening. This special episode being released today on a Sunday because we are celebrating with a lot of other amazing podcasts, Star Wars Podcast Day. This is just a day where a lot of different Star Wars podcasts are all getting together and shouting each other out so that we can celebrate the Star Wars community and podcasting in general. So if you want to go on Twitter, you can find the different podcasts involved in Star Wars Podcast Day at Star Wars Pod Day. Happy Star Wars Podcast Day, everyone. Now enjoy the show. Don't you turn against me. I felt a great disturbance in the force, as if millions of voices suddenly cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. You're not with me. Then you're my enemy. You thunder against me! You have done that yourself! Release your anger. Only your hatred can destroy me. Hello, and welcome to Who Shot First, a Star Wars controversy podcast. I'm your host, Alex. And I'm your other host, Ethan. Today we're welcome to the show, one of the main co-hosts of Dork Wars, a new podcast that's coming out where they talk all about Star Wars. His name is Blake. Hello, Blake. Hey, how's it going, guys? Going well. Welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you. It's good to be on. Excellent. So first things first, we are going to ask you, because we ask all the people that come on the podcast, what is your first introduction and what got you into Star Wars? So my first introduction to Star Wars was probably watching the original trilogy on VHS in the late 90s. Um, my dad's always been a big fan. I've, and since then, I've been a humongous fan. Of course, I grew up with the prequels uh, when I was pretty young. Uh, Phantom Menace came out in 99, and at that point, I was seven years old, I think, when that movie came out. So uh, I got to grow up with the prequels pretty really fun as a kid to watch the prequels because they had all that great choreography. They had the awesome lightsaber battles. So it was cool growing up with that. But it was also nice having that foundation uh, of the original trilogy as well. Uh, so that was my first introduction to Star Wars and probably all of the action lightsabers spaceships all the all the cool futuristic sci-fi kind of stuff is what kept me hooked awesome uh can you tell us a little bit about your podcast dork wars so on dork wars the podcast we talk about all things star wars uh star wars news uh books coming out the mandalorian the movies um just anything star wars that we can take apart uh break down and talk about uh, and even laugh about. Uh, we love to have a good laugh on Dork Wars, the podcast. Um, so if you guys want to listen, that'd be great. And uh, we, we'd love to have you guys as listeners. And just a good time. Excellent. And we will be making a, a stop onto your podcast. So if you want to come join us, we will be popping over to them as well. But it is great to have you on today. And today... We have you on for a continuing our Clone Wars controversy arc. We get to talk about the Clone Wars introduction of the inhibitor chip. So quickly, the main controversy in the inhibitor chip is there are people who like it and people who don't. Uh, the inhibitor chip basically 
proves in element in Clone Wars that the clones did not have a choice executing Order 66. And because they had no choice, they are not at fault for killing all of the Jedi. The there are some people who really like this because they grew to like all of the clones in Clone Wars, and then there are some others who don't like it because they feel it kind of doesn't work with the movie and then kind of weakens a little bit of the argument. So, uh, before we get started, Ethan is going to be def defending the, the inhibitor chip. He's, he's going to like it, and I am going to be saying I don't like it. This is where the fun begins. I am pro-inhibitor chip because it, uh, it allows you to form these connections with the clones and better and because you know if if you knew going in to watching the clone wars that these guys knew the whole time that ultimately either that the jedi were evil or that they were eventually going to be have to be taken out then that really ha like doesn't allow you to form those connections with the the different clone characters that we see throughout the series and with that inhibitor chip allowing them to basically not have any control over it 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 adds that emotion to wow these guys you know they formed all these great attachments and there were genuine attachments to their jedi generals and to their other fellow soldiers and it, it adds that emotion of well now they're forced to betray all of them rather than that was the plan the whole time because if you don't have the inhibitor chip, it really paints the clones in a much more in a much darker sense. It doesn't. It, it okay. you have a hard time rooting for them. Ooh. Okay. So we're gonna dive right in because I will disagree on that, Mark. And okay. my argument towards that is the Order sixty six was never. It's not that they knew that the Jedi Ooh. were ever were were bad. The Order 66 in the original or like canon of when it not original canon. So it is, I think, legends now. But yes. when it was originally explained, it was a series of 150 just orders. And so there were 150 orders that clones just had to memorize. And it all of them were contingency plans. So Order 66 was a contingency plan if the Jedi ever went bad. Of like, because you, there are contingency plans all over the place, and to me that makes more sense, and to me that makes it more understanding. Of like, okay, yes, the Jedi, the the clones knew that maybe someday there would be a possibility of it happening, but they didn't expect it to happen. So it's not that they were sitting there waiting, like, okay, we're waiting for the Jedi. It's all right. Well, they have contingency plans if their their troopers go back, go go crazy. Or, or that kind of thing. So for me, it was, it was they, it was just a contingency plan because I will say, Order sixty six sounds really cool, but doesn't make a ton of sense if it's just an activation code. Uh, right, but uh, you know, I think that that hard, that has a hard time translating on the screen. You know, if that was if it was really a contingency plan, you know, I. It's hard because you know on the on the during the movies 
it just seems like they flip on a dime so fast. You know, there's no emotion behind, you know, wow, we just got issued this order 66 that we never thought we would, you know, we like, nobody takes a step back and was like, Holy crap. You know, wow. Are we going to actually have to do this? Like, it's just boom, you got it. Right. And I think too, you talk about it being a contingency plan and I could believe that that's something that's very believable to me. But like Ethan said, watch it in the movie. And I think this is something that they translated very well in season seven of Clone Wars, where the clones just flip. There is, like you said, no emotion. There's no kind of step back. Hey, guys, uh, these are the Jedi. We've been fighting with them the whole time. Why should we shoot them? Why why should we kill them? There's there's no questioning. And if there's no questioning, then you have to take their humanity out of it. If you're taking their humanity out of it, it's got to be the inhibitor chip. It kind of makes it seem that the clones are just tools, which they are. And the inhibitor chip makes them those tools. I would agree that they are very much tools. Personally, I, I think that the inhibitor chip kind of retcons a little bit because, and this is, I know there are other people that say differently, but Lama Su in Attack of the Clones le- uh, legitimately says, They are totally obedient, taking any order without question. We modified their genetic structure to make them less independent than the original host. So to me, that's what sets it all up. And that's what I don't necessarily, of like, yeah, they may question it, but that's the setup is they immediately know, all right, we've, we've been given an order. We can question it. But to me, that was the setup of, all right, they are clones. They are not human. Like, And that's what the Clone Wars tries to do. And this is where I will say, I think, as previous listeners of the podcast will know, I'm not the biggest fan of Clone Wars. I think it's really well done. Just it's not for me. But I think the Clone Wars doesn't do the greatest job of portraying what the actual war was like because these are generals. Like they say every Jedi is a general. And I found all I found through a website. Who is it found on a military website or a a website of a guy who really likes, uh, it's called Sydney in Tumblr. And he's a from has a military background and talks about how is he, if you're a private, which a lot of these clones are, like 90% of these are, of the clones are like low level. They're sure, not going to interact basic soldiers. With, right. They're yeah. basic soldiers. They're not going to interact with, with Jedi. Jedi are going to be interacting with the higher level clones. And they're not, so it's not that big of a jump for, because he said too, of like, if he's in the military and he gets a, a, a call down from like, the president or somebody like really important and says Congress and you're in the military or whatever. And like sabotage bad, like Congress has, has tried to kill me and stuff like that. You go execute order 66. You're not really going to question that. You're just going to go, okay, like I may like them a lot, but that is no longer okay. And so that's, that's where my argument of like, yes. And that's, so with clone wars, it does, humanize the clones and i like that piece of it but then it it gives you the impression that like all the clones know all the jedi and they get super close to them and i'm like that's not really the case i don't think 
in the whole Republic army. Now, is it the case with like Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka? Absolutely, because Ahsoka and Anakin actively go out of their way to to try to get to know their clones and, and see them as humans. But I think personally, like 90% of those Jedi are like Jedi Krell. It's just like they're a tool. Go, 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 die, go die. Well, okay. And I, I just to, I was just going to bring up that, that arc of when you were talking about, you know, taking any order without question, you know, that whole, that whole arc kind of shows about how they, you know, they deviate from direct orders like that a little bit when they're given by that general. So I think it's, I think to say it would just take any order without question, especially at the end of the war, they've had three years, three long years of, of building these relationships with, with these Jedi. And, you know, I think, yes, I'd agree that it's, you know, obviously these Jedi generals aren't going to have relationships with every single clone trooper in their company. But I think being around those generals and, and fighting alongside them, whether they have direct contact you know, verbally or not, you're going to, you're going to form these, these attachments to them as, you know, these, your want to maybe not savior, but, but these leaders that you look up to. And so I think, I think it would just be, the idea that they could just flip on or commit those orders without showing any sort of uh, remorse or uh, regret. Well, it really Jeremy does. Seem like five of them. What? No, go ahead, Blake. Oh, well, I was just going to say that um, it, it seems that the clones look up to the Jedi as heroes, as like those heroic generals that come in and take care of the problem, the big bad problem. The Jedi are the answer to that. And I will say, Alex, that was a really good argument. It's it's pretty airtight. My only yes. way to... And this is going to be kind of a no prize, if you will. The Kaminoans are sketchy. I mean... I <laughs> let's, hate... Let's not, I uh, do not like them. I will say that. No, I <laughs> absolutely... Yeah. They are so sketchy. And they're, they're working close with Emperor Palpatine and Count Dooku. We know that's that. actually an argument and, I'm going to bring up later because that. Yeah. But anyway, continue. Yep. So they so they're working very close with the Emperor and Count Dooku. So who's to say that the Kaminoans do not know that when the Jedi come to call, we just have to tell them as much as they need to know. We need to tell them that they're, they're genetically modified. Do not tell the Jedi about the inhibitor chip. Could an Emperor Palpatine have told the Kaminoans, do not tell them about the inhibitor chip. If you tell them about that, they might be able to find out what we're plotting. I would agree that that is, I think that's what happened. And I, and that's yeah. like deliberately what happened in the, in the inhibitor chip arc where we, we hear that. My issue with that is why are the Kaminoans talking with Tyrannus? Why are they talking with Dooku? I like, I was why? Gonna, that makes it's the money, dude. It's the money. But money, so, they've been paid already. Well, who's to, who's to say they're not continuing to get paid? I don't. What what is the actual? I don't know this. I actually don't know this. What is the uh, what's the payment arrangement arrangement between the emperor and the well, uh, community ones? Right. Nobody well, they, knows. They, like, yeah, they they talk about having you know a million more clones on the way. So you think that that there'd have to be a continuing right, contract? That would be with the Republic, though, not through Darth Count Dooku. Well, I mean, I it could be the bank. I mean, you could have the banking clan, or you know. Well, they the did. Other side, but I guess I don't. 
Well, the front for the clones is Master Sifo Diaz, right? And yeah. they're actually they actually say that the Jedi ordered this army. They didn't even say that the Republic ordered this army. It says the Jedi ordered this army for the Grand Army of the Republic. Um, I think that's stated in episode two. You can correct me yep, if I'm wrong. It is. Yes, it is. Yep. So the Jedi ordered yep. this army, but the Jedi have no idea. It seems, and, I, and I'm a little fuzzy on the Clone Wars art um, that pertains to Master Sifo Diaz because there was one. It's been a long time since I've seen it. This may be it's answering not, that. I don't it's know. It's not very good, I will say. Yeah. That, that arc. It does not explain. But, and by not good, I mean it just it doesn't explain. No, it does not. I feel on that. And that's probably why it stays so fuzzy in my mind. But yeah. that, you know, since the Jedi ordered this army, the Jedi should be paying up, right? And the Jedi have no idea. The Jedi don't have much think. Um, we can see they that in episode one ass, when uh, Qui Gon Jinn have a baller ass castle, castle though. <laughs> they do have that, but I don't. And if they can't pay, <laughs> all right. So, I I would agree on those points. My question for you guys is, with Lama Sue and all that wonderful ness, to me, if you had back again, it's it's more of the military because to me, it's it's a lot of the connection with the clones of like i would say yes you're and i would okay back to it sorry back to our original thing your your statement of saying that you think the clones look up to the jedi and i would probably probably say that the clone wars portrays this but and again this might be my own prejudice coming in from like previous like legends because i i was a big I was a big fan of the Karen Travis Republic Commando books, and those are sure. absolutely not canon anymore. So, yeah, but, was very, but very, very good, very, very good books. Yeah. So I like those, and so to me, like again, as you were saying, like it's been three years, like this war just keeps going on, and when you say that, like there's a general, like these Travis aren't going to know they're Jedi, and so if they keep going to these different locations, like for instance, again, I'm going to bring up Krell. Like, if you have a Jedi, a clone, because he wasn't fighting alongside the, the clones. He would send them right. off and to, to die and do their thing, and then he would stand back. And so yes. that's a, I will say another thing, like, that's an issue I have with that arc, is that, like, it eliminates what Lama Su says of, like, they will follow orders without question. Now, to me, if you put the inhibitor chip in, to me, that the clones are... are are sympathetic either way because to me the clones are sympathetic in that with the inhibitor chip they're getting mind control but if they don't have the inhibitor chip they're still just a tool there's st it's still a tragic situation because yes they know that they might have to do this eventually but they are following their orders they are not human if they because again a failing i think of the clone wars is it humanizes them too much because to me, if you want something that can just do whatever, why are we using clones? Why are we not using droids? If you just want things that can answer, oh. like what's, what's the point of the clone army if they're not genetically modified to follow orders and to do these, do these things? Because I will say the Clone Wars does it really well of humanizing them, but also makes them like individual. And that's not right. what clones are for. Clones are for to be the same and to always follow the line. So that that's just my small argument. Well, that's a good argument. Um, that that really seals it. The clones 
are are cloned to to be the same, to make the same decisions, to be obedient. And, and I do believe that. But I do believe um, they say they genetically modified them to be less like the host. But does that mean right. totally, totally not like the host anymore? Because Django Fett is a pretty, how do I say this? A uh, pretty independent cannon. Yeah, independent. He's a loose cannon, man. He, he Django's going to do what Django wants to do. And if you don't like it, you know, it, it doesn't matter. He's going to do it anyway. So maybe, maybe just a little bit of that Django Fett comes through, even with the genetic modifications. You know, maybe you can take a little bit of the Django Fett out of the clones, but not completely. Right. And, you know, and especially since he's now, he's a canon, a Mandalorian foundling. So, you know, maybe you have that bit of that, you know, Mandalorian, not true blood, I guess, but, but that's instincts maybe since you were brought up that way. Who knows? Yeah. I, 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 I can see the, the argument that you were making, Alex, but. And I think this is why this is such a really good issue. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, and that's that's another thing I have. Like a lot of my things are like militarily and again, go back to the Karen Travis books, because like with Karen Travis books, they show how like beaten down and like unhappy the clones are in the war. And we don't really ever see that in Clone Wars, like except for maybe the Krell arc. But it's that the clones are like, we just keep going and keep going and keep going. And there's nothing else. Except in, I think it's the um, the season seven, which again, I don't personally. I struggle keeping that in like the official Clone Wars arc because it was so separate. And but like, it's still good. It's I think the best season. But yeah, you could also with that. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to mention too that uh, with that uh, brief arc, uh, the deserter talks a little yeah. bit about yeah. How he's right, and they talk about that, but like my thing is, like the Jedi have been pictured, and the way the the war has been aimed is that the Jedi in, are in charge of war, and to me that that's where this works better. It works better with the the Jedi are forcing all these clones to keep battling and keep going into these fights, and so it makes sense when like these basically slaves because and. Like the slave, the slave army, because they are clones and they are human and they are sentient, like they and they have, but they have no other choice. They cannot go do anything. So the slave army, to me, it shows the deterioration of the moral high ground of the Jedi, because the Jedi it are, well, while I while I like the idea that like the clones look up to the Jedi, I also don't like that at all because the Jedi are treated, the Jedi Council and the Jedi Order is treated very poorly in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith of just, like, they seem like idiots. So, because they're constantly making not smart decisions. And so that that's just my... Uh, and so it's just, like, it to me it works of, like, they are idiots, they keep getting outplayed by uh, Sidious, and so Sidious is positioning them of, they are going to take all of the blame. Like, this whole war, it's all been about them. It's all about been about this power grab. And so to me, like the 99% of clones, like they could look at that and go, oh, yeah, like that makes total sense. So, yeah, you'll have some clones like question it. And even in the in the EU or the legends, like there were clones who were just like, nope, we've been fighting with this general for so long. We're not going to execute the order. 
And then they were like, they either reported them dead or were like, they left and they, they left the army or whatever. But to me, it's like you would have, it would be a small contingency of those clones versus the 99% or whatever that are just like, yeah, those are generals that have been making us fight for forever and not let it, like, we don't get days off. We don't get breaks. And when we get too old, we go home and we die. Like we, like this is all we are. Yeah. And that's a good point. But my question or my, my rebuttal to that would be if you can make them less or more likely to follow orders and you make them uh, programmed to follow orders, can't you program them to be obedient to the Jedi and not, you know, not get discouraged? You know, is, is that is that modifiable? Um, your the morale of the the army is 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 that something you can modify? I I don't know. I don't either. That is a good argument, though. Yeah, because if you can if you can change their decision making through genetics, why not be able to change their, I guess, morale? Right. You know, and their stamina too, perhaps. There's, you know, just yeah, yeah. I don't know if this is canon, but they did they they did genetically alter their aging process. Um, I think that is canon because they age well, twice as fast. That's mentioned in. Yeah. Okay. So that is officially. Canon. Yeah. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, a mature clone would take a lifetime. Yeah. That's, that's right. right. Yep. Yeah. All right. I've I've laid my case. I I think I'm good on my case. Uh, <laughs> any any other final thoughts? Uh, anything else you want to bring up, Ethan or or Blake? Uh, you know, I. Well, I I definitely agree with some. Of, I I agree with some of the points you made and you know they're they're definitely uh, definitely interesting points but i i still say that uh having the inhibitor chip better enhances the overall story and experience of the clone wars uh and episode three as well okay man i, I just i i'm still more on the inhibitor chip side but I can definitely see the argument and yeah, I can definitely see the argument and I can see how it could be both ways. Uh, you know, unfortunately now we have Canon to tell us what to think, but um, yeah, I, I think, I think the uh, inhibitor chip, the inhibitor chip argument slightly outweighs the non inhibitor chip argument. All right. But we, one thing we do know is that while Disney, while we technically have Canon, it, actually doesn't matter because Disney cannot follow canon on its own. So that's right. <laughs> that's right. So, so it's, it's, Honestly, it's really right. whatever you want to believe. So believe whatever. Yeah. It, it, exactly. At the end of the day, you know, who cares? No, don't that's let right. anybody tell you, don't let anybody tell you what's, what really happened and what didn't. No, just have a spirited debate with, with your friends. Yeah. Just talk about Star Wars. That's the best part. Well, Exactly. You know, and, and like you said, those those non-canon books are still really awesome books. And oh gosh, I, really I still read legends. I still read legends. Totally. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I've I've got a whole bookcase full of them and I'm still looking for them. Yeah, absolutely. I think don't they don't they uh don't the new issues actually have legends printed on them now? They are not doing new issues, but yes. No, but I mean like when they when they I mean when they they're doing reprints. They've issued reprints of, of you know, some of oh, the most Zons popular books. ones. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They'll, yeah. yeah, they'll say they'll say legends on them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. So, where can we find you, Blake, and your podcast? Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon. We're working on Pandora and iHeartRadio right now. Um, we may be there already. I don't think we are, but we might be trying to get there. But yeah, we, you can find us all those places. And that is Dork Wars, the podcast. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, and we have a uh, Discord channel as well. Excellent. Awesome. Awesome. And you can find us at Who Shot One SW Pod at on Twitter. Uh, thanks for coming on, Blake. And you can you can take us off. Never tell me the odds. Never tell me the odds. People are counting on us. The galaxy is counting on us. Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the force. That's not how the force works. <laughs> oh, really? You're cold. In ordering, uh, in ordering, order sixty-six. Executing. Executing. Executing.